0: In the fiction writing space, there is so much emphasis on romantic relationships and how to write them. And, you know, rightly so. Romantic relationships are very, very important in novel writing. But what about other kinds of relationships? What about friendships and siblings, colleagues, sidekicks, just, you know, other characters in the book? Those relationships need to be developed just as much as the romantic ones do. It's kind of like how we always say, You need to develop your villain as though he is the hero because everyone's the hero of their own story. So you need to put the same amount of time and care and effort into crafting your villain as you do your protagonist. Well, the same thing applies here. You need to put the same amount of care and planning and understanding and develop, into developing your platonic relationships within your story as you do the romantic ones, okay? So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to give you 10 tips on how to do that, how to create these deep, abiding, memorable platonic relationships in your book. Stay tuned. Hi there, aspiring fiction author. Welcome to Fiction Author Business School. Do you want to write your stories with ease and confidence? Do you find yourself Googling how to write a fiction book or how to write a character art? you want to create a fiction empire but you can't even finish the story you're currently working on and you find yourself doubting it will even be good enough? Hi, I'm Liesl. I too have been writing stories since I was just a kid. I wanted to do something about my fiction writing dreams but got information overload every time I looked for writing help because there's just so much out there on the internet. I wanted confidence that I wouldn't disappoint my readers and a plan to publish regularly. I knew the foundation of any author career including the marketing aspect is a stellar and well-written story, but I didn't know how to be sure that my story was solid. I went on a journey to figure out what really makes readers tick and how to incorporate those addictive elements into my story. In this podcast, you'll find specific tactical fiction writing tips, solutions to writing more words more efficiently, and secrets to mastering your author mindset. So put on your fuzzy slippers, grab a notebook and pen and some chocolate, and let's write some fiction. Okay, so when it comes to writing platonic relationships, I come from a large family. Both my immediate family is large and my extended family. So we always used to joke that we didn't have family get-togethers. We had three ring circuses. (laughs) But the point is, I've been exposed to a lot of different personalities, beliefs, um, quirks, you know, that sort of thing. And so I think that I... It has, it has helped me to develop the skill of writing different character personalities in great detail and in really kind of nailing the differences between them. In fact, when I was writing The Botanist, uh, one of the characters, the main characters in that book, has a very strange relationship with his father. And so I wrote a scene where he and his father got into an argument and it was just like a lot of family drama going on. And I had one of the uh, women who was in my critique group at the time come up to me afterward and say, yeah, so do you have that really strange relationship with your dad? And I was like, oh, no, (laughs) my dad and I are actually very close. My dad's awesome. He's kind of a saint, you know, and she kind of went, oh. And I said, why? And she goes, oh, I just, I have that almost that exact relationship with my dad. Like my relationship with my dad is very straight. And she goes, let me just say you write it very well for someone who hasn't actually experienced it. And I think she was kind of looking to bond me and her over having difficult fathers. So she was a little bit disappointed that we couldn't do that. Um, but the point is, I mean, I hadn't experienced it in terms of my relationship with my father, but of course I've seen it other places in other people's relationships, in other stories that I've experienced, things like that. So The point is that it's important to understand the nature of platonic relationships. And we don't always have to be talking about happy ones. Happy relationships, strained relationships, sad relationships. We all have them. We all see them around us. But a lot of times in the writing space, they're just not talked about very much. There's such an emphasis on the romance. And again, I'm not bashing romance. I love writing the romance just as much as the next gal. But we also need to be putting the same care into our platonic character relationships. Okay? So... Maybe it's a little bit uh, groundbreaking to say that <laughs> platonic relationships in your story are every bit as important as the romantic ones. I'm sure especially you, you romance writers are rebelling against me a little bit in your mind. But if that's the case, let me ask you this. Where would Harry Potter be without friendship? It would not be the story we all know and love without really well-written platonic friendship relationships. Where would Luke be without Han Solo? Where would Frodo be without Sam? Where would Elizabeth Bennet be without her Jane? And what about Monica? Where would she be without Rachel and Phoebe or any combination of that? (laughs) So all I'm saying is make sure that you are developing your platonic relationships as much as the romantic ones. As with all things fiction writing, there is a bit of an art and a science to doing it. Now I have done a couple of episodes on how to develop a romance. Uh, It's been a while, though. So I did episode five, one of my first ones, in which I talk about using the nine, it is now 10, but back then it was nine plot points to figure out the plot of your romance. And then I did uh, episode 96 was the eight steps of romance progression, which was specifically how to um, make sure that you have all the steps of a believable romance happening in your story. So I will link both of those up in the show notes if you want to go give them another listen. But I have not really ever talked about platonic relationships. The thing is, you need to have the same steps, as it were. I mean, I guess they're not exactly the same. Obviously, platonic relationships are not going to be using the steps of romance, which include physical touch. And obviously, that's going to be very different in romantic versus platonic. But what I mean is you need to have the same depth of the relationship and you need to show the same progression. Um, Only it'll be platonic progression rather than romantic. So you'll understand what I mean. Grab a paper and pen. You're going to want to write these down. I'm going to give you 10 steps to making sure you really flesh out your platonic relationships. Number one, you need to make sure that the characters are rounded, well thought out characters on their own first. Okay. So again, Harry Potter, I'm probably going to use this as an example a lot because it's just so well written. You can see the different personalities in Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Very, very distinctive. They have different ways of reacting to things. They come from different backgrounds, different family life. Okay, and they had to be that way first so that they didn't seem too alike within the friendship, right? So make sure that the characters are well-rounded and well thought out on their own before you put them together in any sort of relationship. Now, you're going to end up doing one of two things. You're either going to have a platonic relationship that is already established. So if we go with the friendship, um, maybe they've been friends in second grade or something. You know, as you start the story, it's an already established relationship. Or you're going to have one that's new, such as in Harry Potter book one, when he first meets Ron and they are first establishing their relationship. So for number two, it's going to depend on which one of those you are writing. If you're writing an already established relationship, you need to make sure that you give us the background. So it, it doesn't have to be much. It can really just be a single line, like... Um, they met in the second grade. There was a bully being mean to guy A and guy B defended him, and been best friends ever since. I mean, really, that's all it takes. We just need to understand how the relationship was established, why they're best buds, right? Um, if it's new, then, you know, you can show us what's establishing the relationship. Show them meet, show them bond over something. But either way, you need to understand the why behind the relationship, um, What is its function in the story? And I get that that kind of feels like we're objectifying the relationship, and I guess we kind of are, but you can't have a best friend to your protagonist just to have a best friend. They're not going to play a big part in the story, and chances are they're going to end up being edited out. So you need to understand what the function of this friendship is in the story, what it has to do with your plot, what it has to do with your theme, and... The best way to do that is to figure out either the background of an established relationship or when it's new, have us see it blossom and that way we can understand why it's there. Okay, uh, number three, give the two people in the relationship something to bond over. Now, especially at the outset, it doesn't have to be anything very deep. They might bond over liking the same music or um, playing the same video games or something like that. Honestly, that's how most friendships start It's just things they have in common and can go do together, hang out and have fun. Okay, so make sure that you establish that. And maybe it's not all that important to you know the overall epic internal story that you're telling, but that's okay, that's how you make it feel real to the reader, because the reader will understand that if you meet someone who has your same likes, you may go hang out with them. Um, But as you might imagine, number four is about deepening that relationship because if, if a relationship is only based on playing video games it's probably not gonna to last too long, or at least that's all they're ever gonna to do together. It's not gonna become some deep abiding friendship, right? Um, so you're gonna deep it, deepen it by having the people within the relationship or the friendship appreciate each other's personalities and uniqueness. Now. Especially if we're talking about boys. Obviously, we don't want to make this be too lovey-dovey, feely, you know, Ross. Sometimes I feel. I mean, nothing like that. It has to be true to character. But you do have to have them recognize that this person is someone they appreciate and maybe admire and want to hang out with more. So whatever that looks like for your character. So if we're using Harry Potter again, Harry Potter was never going to say about Ron, oh. He's such a nice guy. Look what he does. He does this and he always does that. And that's such a cute personality. Of course not. You know, that's not his personality. But he might say something like, oh, well, Ron's an all right bloke. You know, he did this and yeah, let's go hang out. You know what I mean? So it obviously makes sure that it's true to character, but you do have to have that in there so that we understand why the relationship continues. So you have the surface thing, which was number three, about something for them to initially bond over, but then we need to see them getting to know each other a little better and why they would continue to be friends. Um, Give the relationship or their interactions together something unique to them, okay? This is how you establish a closeness in the relationship through pattern, right? So this can be something they do together, something they always say to each other, how they talk to each other, like a like a secret handshake. Um, so this is, <laughs> this is a really tragic example, but I was watching. It was actually a, a true crime story. So this was a true story about a man who was unfortunately murdered. And they figured out who did it. It was just the story of what happened and how the police caught the guy and all that. At the end, his father, he was a young man. He was like in his 20s. And, you know, so his father, of course, was still alive and talked about how whenever they went anywhere together, the father would usually drive and the son would sit in the passenger seat. And sometimes the father would hold out one hand. He would hold out his right hand toward his son and his son would grab his hand and they would just kind of grip palms. And it was their way of saying that they had solidarity together. You know, yeah, this is us, father, son. And he talked about how after his son was killed... Sometimes he would be driving and kind of be off in his own mind and he wouldn't think about it and he would like almost put his hand out for his son to grab and then he would remember that his son wasn't there anymore. And it was so terribly sad and terribly tragic, this poor man. But that's kind of what I'm talking about here. Uh, Establish something that, you know, the two in the relationship always do together say to each other something that makes their relationship unique, because that is the kind of thing that readers are going to grasp onto, remember, and really root for, you know. Um, so make sure, put some thought into that. And it, it, it can be, I mean, really, the sky's the limit. It can be really subtle, or it can be really heavy and on the nose, and either one will work. You just got to, you got to come up with something. Um, number six, put this relationship through stressful situations. And once again, this is going to have to be genre and age specific. So if you're writing a story about a serial killer, then yeah, absolutely put the friends together in a stressful situation that has to do with that. On the other hand, if you're writing middle grade, a stressful situation is probably a bully at school. So whatever it looks like for the story you're writing, for your genre, for your audience, just make sure that the friends go through some sort of stressful situation together. Um, really easy to find this in Harry Potter. There's a Harry and Ron missing the train together, ending up in the Whomping Willow. I mean, that was in book two. There's probably two or three of those in every single book. And what it does is it just shows us them going through rough times together, coming out on the other side, still being friends. That creates like an ironclad bond of their friendship. Um, make the relationship change throughout the novel or the series, whatever you're writing. It doesn't have to be a big change. It doesn't have to be anything massive, but just, you know, relationships change as we grow and change as people. So show them growing and changing in some way. Um, okay, here's here's maybe the big one. The relationship should have a theme and an epiphany. What I mean is you almost want to tr- treat the relationship as though it is the main character in the story. Now, I'm sure there are some of you saying, yeah, but what if the relationship, even though it's important, even though it does have purpose in my story? What if it's more of a subplot and it's not really the main character of the story? That's fine. If your friendship is not as front and center as, say, Frodo and Sam, that's okay. But if you really want this to be a relationship that the uh, readers can get behind, you can still make sure that it's thought out that way in a way that... um, It's like what I said in the intro. In the same way that you would think out your villain just like your... Protagonist, think out your platonic relationships just like your romantic ones, even if they're going to be a smaller part of the story. You guys, I do this with all of my arcs. I do this with, if I have six main characters, I give every single one of them a character arc as though they are the main character. And they may be not a main character. They might have a lot less, you know, screen time, as it were. We might be in their head a lot less. But I still think it out that way so that it's compelling. And even though it's a bit of a side story, it's still memorable. Okay, the same thing is true of friendships. I'm not asking you to make it the main part of the story or to, you know, suddenly change your story so that this becomes front and center or nothing like that. But I still want you to create the relationship almost as though it is. And you can still give it a little bit less attention than the main part of the story, but this is how you put a lot of thought into every part of your story and the whole thing becomes very memorable. So the theme of the relationship in the story really is going to go back to number two when I said you need to figure out the why. Why is this relationship being put into your story? Um, What is its function in the story? That actually will give you your theme. And the epiphany is kind of... It's either when the relationship is going to change or not change. And by that I mean, I mean, it just depends on what kind of arc you're writing. Um, if the relationship is going to change, then maybe they have an epiphany about how and why it should change, but it can be a good thing. Or maybe you're writing a story where they're going to leave this relationship behind. You know, maybe they've been fighting the whole time, it's become a little bit toxic, and then they have an epiphany for why that shouldn't happen, so the, the relationship will. I guess in that case, maybe not remain the same, but they will continue the relationship. So uh, again, I mean, these are just examples that I'm giving and the sky's the limit. It's just going to depend on what kind of story you're telling. But if you're putting a relationship into the story, make sure it has a function, make sure it has a theme, make sure it changes over time and give the character some sort of epiphany about the importance of this relationship, okay? Okay. All right, tip number nine. We need to see genuine emotional interaction. And what I mean by that is that we need to see the way that their personalities come together, the way they interact in a way that both conveys and expresses emotion. Now, I know that was really technical. So originally, what I had written down for this point was that we need to see them laughing, teasing each other, razzing each other, having fun. And that's true, but that's only true if it's a positive relationship. So as I was thinking about this, I kind of went, well, okay, so it's, you know, maybe it's an antagonistic relationship that's still a platonic relationship. And if it's important to the story, it needs to be developed. So maybe it's just that we need to see whatever emotion comes in the form of them interacting so maybe it's slapping each other on the back having fun but what if it's more like you know really needling each other over over something challenging each other over something an example i thought of going along with this was a show called true detective that was on several years ago uh the first season was really good and i really liked it it had um matthew mcconaughey and woody harrelson in it and in that season um They became partners. They were homicide detectives. The whole thing is them. (laughs) I'm sure you're shocked. The reason I watched it is the whole thing is them chasing a serial killer. Um, Anyway, they became partners. And they really didn't like each other. That you could not have found two more different guys. And they expressed that pretty often. I mean, even when they were being civil, there was a lot of strain. You could just feel this awkwardness between them. But they got to the point where they really didn't like each other and would swear at each other and call each other names and just... I mean, they still work together just fine, but they just didn't really like each other. Um, By the end of the story, they did end up coming to respect one another a lot and kind of become buddies because of everything they went through. So that's actually a really good example of developing a friendship, right? But even at the end... They were still swearing at each other, calling each other names, but they were kind of more laughing about it by that point. Like, (laughs) okay, you're still a blankety blank, but, uh, you know, never change buddy. And then flip each other off as they go their separate ways. And so there was a lot of comic relief in that, but that's my point. You need to figure out what this is for your platonic relationship. It's going to be different for everyone, but we just need to see that interaction. We need to see them either having fun or maybe not, you know, maybe it's, it's a different kind of relationship than that. Maybe it's an antagonistic relationship, But figure out what that is and make sure that you're showing us that so that all of their interactions don't feel too stilted and you know again it just gives it an air of realism like this these are real people this is a real relationship and not every moment they spend together is going to be uh you know harry and ron trying to find the chamber of secrets we need to see what they're like in normal everyday situations right so that's number nine and number ten let them show loyalty to each other now You could say that maybe this, again, is true of positive relationships rather than negative ones. But I would at least think about it, no matter what the relationship is. Because if it's an important relationship in your novel, and even if things end really badly and they end up hating each other or something, it's still interesting to show them having loyalty to each other. So of course, if it's a friendship, we need to show them being loyal to each other. That's a given. If it's a you know, maybe, maybe sibling relationships are a good one for this, because we all know that sibling relationships are really complicated. Of course we love each other. We're family. But sometimes we really don't like each other, too. So we can show them having loyalty to each other and then show them fighting about petty things in the next scene. And it's just, it kind of gives the relationship a dynamic element so that it's not flat, so that we can see that both elements are there. So I would consider, even if it's an antagonistic relationship, having them show loyalty to each other. But most platonic relationships we're talking about are probably positive or at least civil ones. So yeah, show them having loyalty to each other. Show them, if you show them being at least somewhat devoted to each other, then that's what creates the audience really loving that relationship. Okay. If you can do all of these things in your platonic relationships in your books, you won't have to worry about them falling flat. You won't have to worry about people not caring about them. You know, they'll be very dynamic. They'll be very well developed. So we're going to recap those real fast. Number one, Make sure the characters are well rounded and well flashed out all on their own before you put them into the relationship. Uh, number two, make sure you understand the why behind the relationship and its function in the story. If it's an already established relationship, then figure out what the background is. If it's brand new, then show us how it blooms and why. Number three, Give the character something to bond over, and it can be something really surface, like video games, but we need to see them bonding, and that, too, helps us understand why they came together in the first place. Number four, deepen this by having them appreciate one another's personalities and uniqueness in the way that your character, your genre, would. Number five, give the relationship their own unique interaction of some kind. So something they do together, say to each other, secret handshake, something like that. Uh, Number six, put the relationship in stressful situations. And again, that's going to depend on your genre, the age of your audience, all of that. But they should be going through stressful things together and come out on the other side as friends, whether it takes five minutes or the entire story. Uh, Number seven, make the relationship change throughout the novel so that it's dynamic. Uh, Number eight, the relationship should have a theme and an epiphany. So make sure that you flesh it out. Treat it almost like... Uh, your protagonist's internal character transformation—it should be something that's well thought out and that changes throughout the novel, and it has, you know, a moment of epiphany and a moment of transformation. Number nine: show us emotional interactions, but in everyday situations as well, so that we see them interacting together, whether it's having fun or being antagonistic, so that it, you know, has the feel of a real-world relationship. And number ten. Let them show loyalty to each other, even if they're antagonistic overall, or, if, you know, either way, it's really interesting, and the audience can get behind loyalty always. So that's a good thing to put into a platonic relationship. Okay? That is about all I have for you today. So everybody have a wonderful week of writing. Maybe look at any platonic relationships you are currently working on, and make sure you have all of these elements. Uh, and if you don't, it's always fun to come up with them. All right? So... Just remember that. And also remember that there is always a market for awesome. See you next time, guys. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening today. Before you go, would you be willing to do me a solid? If you found any value at all in this episode today, would you be willing to share it with other authors just like you in the hopes that they might find some value in it as well? Happy story crafting this week. Remember, only you can bring the world the unique story that you are trying to tell. Only you can succeed in your own unique way in getting it out of your mind and your heart and into a medium where it can reach thousands if not millions of salivating readers. You don't have to worry about failure because there is always a market for awesome.